The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome in, Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Slareth, along with Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, produced the show. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core Water, hydratewithcore.com to find out more. The one with the big blue cap, award-winning taste, and uh, a perfect pH balance of 7.4 to make sure you stay hydrated when you're working out or just hanging out. Uh, Core Water, tell you what, I love the stuff. Absolutely delicious. Find out more at hydratewithcore.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I can't wait to see where Antonio Brown lands. I'm oh, all excited. I know Adam Ooh. Schefter of ESPN uh, kind of put it out there on Twitter that they expect Antonio Brown to sign by Friday or by this weekend. So it'll be, be traded. Yeah, traded. Traded, right. Traded. Yeah, maybe not signed, but traded. Well, you know what I meant. But uh it should be tomorrow or uh, Friday or uh, or Saturday or sometime this week. Got a feeling as to where it's going to be? Derek Carr came out and said he would love to have Antonio Brown. Boy, doesn't that, doesn't that just seem like a Raider move, you know? Right. You know, it's it's like the kind of move Al Davis would make, looking to bring back, you know, the downfield lateral passing game. <laughs> yeah. The, what? <laughs> no. Are you trying to... <laughs> the downfield lateral passing yeah, game. Downfield lateral passing game. Fifteen plays in a cloud of dust. The lateral passing game. All right. So true story. You know, you and I do our morning show in Denver, and yeah. uh, so we were talking. We talked about this before, and I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, the the downfield lateral passing game." And you look. I said it like two times, and you're just looking at me. I'm like, "Wow, what? What do I got a booger hanging on my nose or something like that?" You're right. like, "You're like, you trying to get me?" You know, the downfield vertical passing game. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 Mark. I was trying to get you. Good one. Shrewd like a fox. Yeah, nothing says uh, downfield passing like a swing pass to the running back. (laughs) Yeah, pretty funny stuff. But it does. I mean, it is so Raider-esque, right? And, And I think if you look at, you know, you just look at the Raiders last year. You know, their number one receiver had about 60, 63 catches. That was Jordy Nelson. The lack of the lack of explosion, the lack of productivity in the passing game last year under John Gruden. You look, I mean, you look at their receivers. It's like looking at a witness relocation program, right? I mean, it's it's Seth Roberts, it's Martavis Bryant, it's uh, Brandon LaFell. Yeah, Brandon LaFell. It is a a list of a bunch of threes and fours that they had to play with every week. They're, they're tight end. With Jared Cook, I believe, was their tight end. He was the most productive guy they had on their roster. Jordy Nelson had 63 catches for like 700 yards. Um, It was pretty pathetic. So you look at the explosive nature of Antonio Brown. That part makes sense. Also, if you want to talk about Raider-esque, I mean, think about all the Al Davis moves where they went and got the quote-unquote malcontents, you know, and the autumn wind is a Raider, you know, and all that kind of mystique and all those bad boy situations i just wonder if you can't get along with hall of famer ben roethlisberger if that's something you can't get you know you can't get down with 
How are you going to mesh with the Raiders? I mean, how are you going to mesh with – I guess you'll be happy. I mean, I think he, Antonio Brown had like 160-some targets last year. So you won't be happy unless you get 200? I mean, with the other receivers there, you might get 200 targets with Oakland. But it's not like Derek Carr is a spare at quarterback. The guy's a good quarterback. The guy no had question. A, a really good run there prior to last year, so there's no reason why that combination can't flourish. You would think. I mean, but if it's the only – like if it's if it's what you base out of, it's if it's what it's the only thing you have. And, and, you know, John Gruden really – it's funny because he really got away – from running the ball last year, he really got away from kind of the formulatic, uh, formula, formulatic, I think, formulaic, I think it's formulaic, formulatic, formulatic, ah, tomato, tomato, <laughs> formulaic approach to what the West Coast offense has always been. Obviously, you want to throw the ball. Obviously, you want to have the quick timing routes and the slant routes and you know the swing passes and all that stuff, but. There was a lot of running involved, a lot of the running game. You know, back when he won a world championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they ran the ball, you know, multiple backs and stuff. And they really got away from a lot of that last year under John Gruden. Of course, you know, some of that is just personnel issues that they have and um, stripping this thing down kind of to the studs, getting ready for that move to Vegas. I mean, you think Antonio Brown's a problem in Pittsburgh? Wait till he's in Vegas. He'll have his own. He was on the. He was on the Mass Singer, right? He was the hippo. Is he going to do a show? Is he going to be the hippo? Is he going to have a Vegas show where I can't show up to practice because I've got a Vegas show that I'm working on? I'll just show up on game days, got twenty a, minutes a, late. A masked hippo residency at the Caesars or something like right, that. Right, you know? exactly. He's just out there <laughs> singing old Bobby Brown songs, <laughs> right? <laughs> but here's the thing about Antonio Brown, though. Isn't this kind of just this notion that he's going to come in and be a headache, doesn't that go away the moment he gets the new deal he wants? Come on, hasn't 85% of all this been about getting a new contract? And that if he gets a new contract, he'll be fine. He'll toe the line, at least for the beginning, yeah. at least for I, a year or two, I w- as I long would as you have, pay him. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, he, he got a new contract. He was the highest-paid receiver in football, and he still shows up late and misses meetings. And, and, you know, now a lot of that's on the Steelers and on Mike Tomlin because you've allowed it to happen. As as Herm Edwards always said, and I love Herm. Herm's my guy. But he always said in regards to coaching, he's coaching Arizona State now, is you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. So you either coach guys to be late or you allow them to be late, one or the other. You know, you either you either you either accept the rules that are in place. The rules are in place. They have a purpose, right? It's about discipline. It's about showing up, and it's about caring about your teammates. And you either enforce those rules or you don't enforce those rules. And so, a lot of Antonio Brown and the issues that Antonio Brown has is because he's been allowed to have those issues. Now, has he developed so many bad habits that, regardless of who's coaching him, he'll, you know, he'll question the authority or he won't you know, fall in the line. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would assume that, you know, he's already down that path of he, he's, I mean, just listen to him. He's crazy. You know, I don't believe in overpaying overdrafting wide receivers. They play a dependent position. And if you look at the teams that win Super Bowls, they don't overinvest in, in wide receivers. You look at right. the highest paid wide receivers and it's, it's not like these guys are, are putting their teams into championship games or winning Super Bowls. That said, I, I, I think that, you you have situations like the Raiders have right now where your quarterback needs somebody to throw to. 
And maybe the day will come where there's enough around Derek Carr that Derek Carr will make everybody look better than they really are. Right. But until that moment comes, this offense is so lacking talent. And Derek Carr has so few options to throw throw to. I think Antonio Brown with the Raiders makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Uh, it, it does from that standpoint. It also does as you go to Vegas, right? You want to have, I mean, it, you want to have kind of fireworks. You know, you want to have a kind of a coming out party as you move to Vegas. And, you know, they've done they've done what they had to do as far as stripping down the roster and kind of starting over from the studs, if you will. That's kind of the, the philosophical approach to what they're doing right now as an organization. So I, I would tell you that um, – that it does. I mean, it, it makes more sense than Antonio Brown going anywhere else. I mean, where else have you heard a potential deal going? Like, I, I would say this, you know, from a dysfunction standpoint, one of the most dysfunctional organizations in my mind in the NFL, having called several of their games and been at their practices, and the Miami Dolphins. Like, he'd be a perfect fit in Miami. <laughs> dysfunction but, Central, huh? Yeah, it's Dysfunction Central. Well, I'll tell you another place that I think is shaping up, unfortunately, and Cardinal fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I, I have a feeling that Arizona is heading into, uh, what's, the, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. Look, look at what Arizona's done. They, they fire Steve Wilkes after just one year. Josh Rosen, by the end of that first year, you're hearing people say, you know, the, the red flags surrounding this kid were legit. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they turn to Cliff Kingsbury, who couldn't win at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. And now the likelihood of them drafting Kyler Murray, making Murray the first under six foot quarterback ever to be drafted in the first round, and he's going to go number one overall. I, I just get the sense that the Cardinals. Rinse and repeat. Mark, I, right. I fully expect them to be redoing this entire thing, coach and quarterback, two years from now. Remember the movie Ghost? Remember that movie? Patrick Swayze. Sure. Demi Moore. Whoopi Goldberg. Remember he's trying to annoy Whoopi Goldberg and he kept singing, I am Henry VIII, I am Henry VIII, I am, I am. And then it goes second verse, same as the first, I am Henry VIII, you know, just to be... That's the, By the way, thank God you went that way. I was afraid you were going to make me recreate the whole pottery wheel thing with you. Doesn't sound all bad. Anywho, <laughs> um, but it, it does. It just feels like second verse, same as the first. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like, a, obviously, a move of desperation, whether that's Steve Kimes' desperation, whether that's ownership's desperation. I mean, when you go, and I called a bunch of their games, man, one, they're not putting people in the stadium like they have in the past, obviously winning, you know, winning begets people coming to your stadium. But when we went there, I remember doing a Chicago Bears game there, and Chicago, I mean, it was like a Chicago home game. And I understand that Arizona's kind of eclectic population of people from all over the you know, all over the nation, but They've got to put an exciting product on the football field to get their fan base excited about coming out to watch their team. That's where they are right now. And, I mean, I'll give them this credit. You've gone all in, and whatever it is you're going all in on, it seems like you're going all in on college football, you know, this this spread type of offense. The uh, What do they call that? What do they call that under uh, uh, air raid? Air the raid. air raid yep. offense and and – you know, you're going to go with Kyler Murray and you're going to run around and do all those things. And 
I tell you what, now all of a sudden they're pulling back on the whole Josh Rosen's open for business because, you know, the the word on the street right now is you're not going to fetch more than a third-round draft choice for him. This is a guy that you, for, don't forget, you moved up several spaces in the draft, several spots in the draft, to go up to get the guy at the 10th overall pick. And he came out and said, remember, you know, it's kind of an arrogant, kind of a cocky, kind of a uh, maybe a confident, whatever, however you want to, you know, however you want to, whatever spin you want to put on, whatever your narrative is, said, well, I just think there were nine teams that made a mistake in the first round by not taking me first. Well, now all of a sudden his value is a third rounder. I still think they're going down this direction. I think what they're trying to do is pull back a little bit to see if they can garner any interest to get more than a third-round draft pick for Josh Rosen. And I just don't know that you are. I I don't know that you're going to get more than kind of that offer. But in fairness to Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he had to get hired. He just didn't, you know, proclaim himself coach. And you've always said you have to empower your head coach. So doesn't that include – if I'm hiring this guy because of the offensive genius that I believe he's going to bring, mm-hmm. don't I have to let him go all in with the kind of quarterback he wants? And even if it feels like we're starting all over again and we wasted the Josh Rosen pick and we might be setting ourselves up to be doing this all over again in two years, once you make that decision to go to Kingsbury, right. you got to let the guy be who he is. I've always thought one of – one of an one of the organizational organizational mantras you have to have or or tenants that you have to have is when you make a mistake let it go move on and if they truly look at one the cliff kingsbury thing is the way to go and he needs his quarterback and you look at josh rosen like man we blew that pick but like here in denver we watched them hang on to Paxton Lynch for three years where you're looking at it like you knew from day one that it didn't look like it was going to work out. When you're getting beat out by a seventh rounder and it's not close, you know, you're going, uh-oh. And when all the reports are doesn't want to work, last guy to show up in the morning, first guy to leave, doesn't want to study, you know, You have to, I think you have to do a really good job of assessing what kind of guys you have in your building. And if a guy doesn't fit what you hoped he was to move on quickly, because you look at, you look at Denver last year, I think part of the reason they didn't go quarterback, they had the five overall pick and they could have traded down. They could have maybe traded up, whatever the case may be. Part of the reason they didn't go in that direction is because they were still holding out hope that Paxton in his third preseason his third training camp the light was going to go on and you can't let one mistake compound and become three or four mistakes you can't let it linger for half a decade you know what I mean and I think I'll give them credit if they've decided that Josh Rosen and I don't know if they've made this decision or not but if they decided he's not our guy then at least you're ripping off the band-aid and I think that's I, I mean I think that's important don't you think I think it's the wise decision if you're going down this road. Now, I will say this. Like Josh Rosen, multiple coordinators in one season. He had McCoy first and then Byron Leftwich. I think he had multiple coordinators at UCLA. Like I think all those things are exceptionally, you know, difficult to overcome. Um, and, you know, and you had a 
you had a dearth of talent. I mean, their offensive line was awful. They couldn't block their way out of a white paper sack. So, um, I, you know, I, and and oh, by the way, I thought Larry Fitzgerald was kind of their most dynamic receiver playing in the slot. Now, they drafted Christian Kirk, who I think has got potential to be really good, but he should be a slot receiver. And they had him playing outside out of position. So I, I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of of things there that you look at that say, eh, it wasn't all Josh Rosen. Like there's a there's a lot of issues here um, that he had to overcome, and he was put in a, a pretty kind of untenable situation as far as winning is concerned uh, with the lack of talent that they surrounded him with. Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? What's that? Little question mark. Little question mark. Mm-hmm. You know where people can tweet into you, right, with specific right. questions that they like answered. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say we do with some of that, huh? Here, I'll give you my Twitter feed, and you can uh, ask me a question from the hundreds of questions that came in, as they always do. So, go ahead, shoot. All right. Uh, this one comes in from Matt who uh, asks, Mark, are the Patriots making a mistake letting so many key free agents go out and test free agency? This past week, they didn't put a franchise tag on Trent Brown, Trey Flowers, or Steven Goskowski. Is that a mistake? Yeah, Trey Flowers is the one that's interesting to me, but here's what you have to understand about the New England Patriots. They always feel like, listen, we're going to draft guys, we're going to coach them up, we're going to get the best out of those guys. But we're going to create pressure. We're going to create. Um, we're going to create great defense through schematics. Like we're going to put you in a position to have success. And a lot of those plays, or a lot of those sacks, or a lot of those things. Obviously, you're a good player. Obviously, you know you beat guys. Obviously, you do the right things. But we're going to put you in a position to have success. And so they feel pretty strongly that they can get that done. Think about this. Um, Chandler Jones was, I think, the lead leaguer league leader in sacks in the AFC when he was with when the New England Patriots had like 12 and a half sacks and they weren't going to pay him. You know, and he went on to lead the league with Arizona. He had 17 sacks, 17 and a half sacks one year. I mean, like the guy is a legit player, but they're if they're not going to overpay him, they're certainly not going to overpay um they're certainly not going to pay overpay uh a flowers. Well so, you, you see maybe their logic, their logic is is something where they look at it and say, okay, we drafted flowers in the fourth round uh-huh we know based on free agents that we've lost in the past that you'll likely get like a third round compensatory pick so they're thinking maybe look we used a fourth rounder on flowers right. we get a third rounder yeah. in a compensatory pick and we already have a track record of being able to find guys and coach them up so hey look when it comes to the patriots and their decisions at this point you, you really can't criticize them. You just got to say they, they seem to have a method to right. their madness, and it seems to work for them. Yeah, they're just not overpaying guys just for the sake of, of paying guys because they hit free agency. So, you know, good for them. They've got a philosophical approach. I, who might argue nine Super Bowls in the last 18 years, you know, I mean, every other year. So, whatever. I mean, that's the way they operate. What do you got? Question mark. We got another one? Got another one uh, from Renee. Uh-huh. What will the Bengals do with those five sixth-round picks? They have five sixth-round picks. Well, based on the Bengals, they're probably going to get some criminals, right? Isn't that what the Bengals do? Um, Tom Brady, sixth-round pick. Yeah. Terrell Davis, 
Six-round pick. There's a lot of really good, uh, like, there's a lot of good talent. There's a lot of good play. The, the bottom line, especially there, you have got to just look for the best football players available, regardless of position. Who are the best players at that level? Because the guys who slip down to the sixth round, there's a lot of really good players. They just don't have the measurables. Right, that that's really what it comes. To. They don't run quite fast enough. They don't jump quite high enough. They don't do enough, you know, enough reps on the bench test, all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, like you can find really good players, and so that's going to be the philosophical approach. You know, it'll be funny to see kind of now that Marvin Lewis is gone, what kind of player, what kind of direction they go. They've got the young quarterback coach from the Los Angeles Ram. What is his name? Zach Taylor. Is their head coach now? So how their approach to players and what they want to accomplish, Mike? Uh, one more from Russ, who asks, uh, Mark, uh, how much does Joe Flacco have left in the tank? I think Joe. I mean, I think Joe Flacco is. You look at Joe Flacco. I mean, I think nine of the eleven years that he's played, he has been um, started all sixteen games, and so I mean, you look at just that, Mike. Come on. I think there used to be a day in this league where, you know, you got to hit the quarterback, you got to drive him to the ground, you got to do all. So you enter your prime at like 27 years old. Now you're hitting your prime 31, 32 years old. Like you're walking into your prime, and guys are playing deep into their 30s, even their 40s, exceptionally well. Drew Brees is going to be 40 years old. Tom Brady's going to be 41 years old. Ben Roethlisberger's like 37, 38. So is Phillip Rivers. I mean, come on. So. I think Joe Flacco, I you know, for all those people out there that think that this is John Elway's one year fix, I think you're I think you're mistaken. I think they're looking at Flacco like, can you get us through three or four years? Are you that guy for three or four years? So I think he's got plenty in the tank. And the hip injury is what it is. Um he's recovered fully. He was ready to play last year. They went in a completely different direction with that kind of offense under Lamar Jackson last year. So that's kind of that's where we are right there. So I, I guess I, I guess the the answer to Russ's question is they got plenty of time, man. And to your point, Flacco just turned thirty four, so he'll be playing this entire season at age thirty four. Right. Which you're right when you talk about today's quarterbacks, thirty four is young. Yeah, thirty four is you're you're in your prime years. So uh, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give somebody one of my clip and catch um, landscaping. Uh, landscaping galore, clip and catch. Check them out, clipandcatch.com. It's awesome. That's clip n n n. That's hard to say. N n. Just an n. The letter n. N. As in Nancy. Yes. Uh, clip n. As in Nancy. Catch.com. Uh, we're going to send you a clip and catch. So who who wins? Oh, let's go with that bring? last one. Uh, Russ Aragon. Russ is the winner. Russ. It's a good name, Russ. <laughs> Russ. Only All thing right. better was if it was Rusty. Rusty. It may be short for Rusty. Maybe it is. Rusty. What do you suppose we jump there? 60 yards. 60 <laughs> yards. Way to go, Russ. All right, Russ. We're going to send you a clip and catch. I'll hit you up on uh, direct message on Twitter. For everybody involved in the Stink of Truth podcast, man, thanks so much for being a part of it. And uh, we will be back with you later on, um, probably next week. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast, presented by Core Water. Subscribe to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and plenty of other podcast platforms. <laughs>